had a really neat nursery for a long time, and it's right behind uh, this, this area in, in our other part of the building. It's still under renovation as, as we get everything back. But Granny Bobby has helped us for years and years in the nursery. How many of, of you in here, would you just raise your hand if Granny Bobby has watched you as a child at some, some level? All right, we'll get y'all to stand here in just a minute. But Granny, Granny, would you come up here for just a moment with us? Can you? And I, she wasn't expecting this this morning, but Mother's Day is a great day to show our appreciation to somebody like Granny. And Angie, Angie, would you come up here too? So, so Granny. All right. We we wanted to say uh, we wanted to say Happy Mother's Day to you, and we've got a certificate here of appreciation for you and all that you've done. And then Michael, you've got a couple something else over here for us. But would y'all stand up if Granny has watched you as a child? All right. There we go. Look at all those some of those kids that 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 you uh, got to watch, and there some of them are old now, right? <laughs> yeah. So we've got over here, I've got this, I'm going to give this to you there. We've got some flowers for you for Mother's Day there. And uh, they put together this really neat quilt for you. It's got your name on it, Granny Bobby. And uh, got a, 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 a saying here, it says, Thank you for your countless hours of love and dedication to our families and precious little ones. Amen? All right. Well, happy Mother's Day to you. All right. You bet, you bet. Well, she's our special mom today, and uh, we, we do thank uh, Granny for everything she's done. And this last, like I said, the last year and a half, it seems like, for our church, through the COVID experience and then through uh, trying to remodel everything, sometimes we, we've been trying to show our appreciation for, for uh, a long time to Granny, and uh, this was a good, appropriate day for that. Let me pray for us this morning. Lord, we, we thank you for the moms here. I thank you. Uh, this morning that, that you are our example of love and you show that love to us uh, so many times through the, the, the earthly mothers that we, uh, we see, uh, both uh, our own moms, but also, Lord, in, in the church and how we see people like Granny love on kids. Lord, I pray this morning as we worship and we think about moms and we think about your love that you would uh, help us to appreciate the moms in our life, Lord. For others this morning, Lord, I pray that you would comfort as we think about um, maybe some moms that, that have, have passed on, Lord. I pray that you'd ha help us to hang on to some of those fond memories and be encouraged and be full of joy as we think about our moms, whatever that, that brings up in us today. Lord, as we worship, I pray you would be our, our focus this morning, that we would worship you um, and that you, we would direct our attention of our mind and our heart our, and our song today on you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. It's Mother's Day. Laura's going to help me with part of the message today. Can we clap for her being a part this morning and singing? And uh, she's going to share some about being a, a mom this morning. But I wanted to, to open. We're going to go through Philippians it's a book about joy and encouragement for the church. Paul writes it from uh, prison, and he writes it to a, to a church that he had helped to start. 
And so in Philippians, last week we looked at the idea that God doesn't start something he's not going to finish. Amen? And so we looked at that, and this, this morning we're looking at the fact that God is, is the inventor of love. Amen? And his love is, is perfect, and, and he, he calls us to be a people of love. We're going to look at love here today. So in the book of Philippians this morning, in chapter 1, it says this, uh, verse 7, it says, So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. This is Paul talking. So, so it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news, meaning the gospel. Verse 8 says this, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. We're going to come back to his prayer here in just a moment, but his prayer is this. He says, I pray, he's praying for this church, Paul's praying. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. We're going to look at that this morning, that his prayer is that that church would overflow more and more. The key in this passage that we're looking at is that Paul loved Jesus, and he, he loved the churches that he ministered to. He loved Jesus, and he gave his life to Jesus, but he loved the people that he ministered to. The church, as Paul is setting up these churches in this letter that he wrote to, he didn't write this letter, he didn't, he didn't try to encourage a building, right? The church is not a building, amen? The church is God's people, and so God's people have been established here, and he's writing a letter, and it's not about a building, it's not about a program, it's about a people. He had great hopes for them, and their, his hopes for this church, what he prayed for them. He says, my prayer is that you may, may overflow and be loving more and more and more. That's what you would be. Jesus in, is, is, says that uh, his his hope for uh, for his disciples is that we would be known by how we love one another, right? Paul is echoing that here in this in this letter. He doesn't pray. He doesn't pray this. He doesn't say, "My prayer for you is that when I come back by or I hear reports of you that you'll have a great big building." He doesn't say, "My prayer for you is that you would have uh, a great big program or a big organization." He says, "My prayer for you." He says, "I pray that your love." will overflow more and more. I want you to think about that this morning, that as Paul is writing and he, and he gives us this, this letter today for us to look at, that his prayer for the church was that, that their love, that your love will overflow more and more. You know, I pray that for our church, don't you? That our love for one another would overflow more and more, amen? This morning we're looking at love. His prayer is that their love would overflow more and more. Growing disciples are growing in their love for God and their love for other people. We're most healthy as people of God when we are following this prayer right here. That our love for God and love for other people is overflowing. It's growing. That's a healthy thing to grow 
in your love. Part of how we understand and see love, all right, this morning as we talk about that, that love idea, part of how we understand love and how we see love, we can use things like Mother's Day to help us have a different perspective, amen, right? And we think about love and we talk about love, and I'll tell you, my mom's here, and my mom has loved me unconditionally, all right? Amen to that, right? A few, all right. My grandmother is here, right? She has loved me unconditionally in a different way than my mom loved me, right? My mom sometimes said no, and my grandma sometimes said yes, right? Like, like grandmothers do. And she has loved me unconditionally. My wife is here sharing with me this morning. I want to tell you that part of, of ministry, my role as a pastor in this, in this church, and I, I would not be the, a, a past, the pastor God has called me to be without my wife. She is, she, is, she, is, she is an incredible minister of Jesus. And I look at the way she loves our kids, and I learn. Even this last week, I'll tell you, we had a scary thing, I think on Thursday. And Eli ate something, and he had an, an allergic reaction to it. And so I come in, and I see Eli, and sometimes, and I love my son, but sometimes he's a little dramatic about food, right? And he'll eat something, we're trying to get him to eat a vegetable, and he'll, he'll you know, kind of like, I don't want to eat that. And, and I come in, and I'm, I'm the dad, right? I have the dad perspective. And I come in, and I see this taking place, and what do I say? Suck it up, son, right? Quit acting like a baby. I, I, those words came out of my mouth, and he's, he's got you know slobber and he's and he's saying oh it hurts my throat I'm saying suck it up son right quit acting like a baby is what it, those are the words that I said and Laura is there to balance this conversation out and she says there's something else wrong and I'm thinking no there's not there's nothing else wrong and so we have this in and I had to go back and to apologize to my whole family right but especially to my son for for not taking him seriously right I had to say son I'm sorry I did not know and I'm so sorry I did the wrong thing in that. And part of that shows and illustrates, guys, there's a lot about love that we can learn from our moms, right? About how a mom loves, about uh, how a mom approaches or a grandmother approaches love and care. And see, the, the truth is this, that we need to, to expand and to learn how to overflow in love. And so this morning as we look at love and as we hear Laura share some about from a, a mom's perspective about love, I hope this, I hope that the Lord reminds us this morning uh, that that's what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about loving God and loving people around us. So I got Laura here. Laura, uh, what, are, what are some things uh, that we can learn from a mom's love and how has being a mom changed uh, kind of your understanding of love? Well, first of all, I would suggest you looking up basic um, symptoms to an allergic reaction. <laughs> okay. Just for you personally. <laughs> no, sorry, I had to, y'all. It was real. Um, so, whenever I found out that um, that we were expecting Faith, Faith Ann, our, our firstborn, I remember I was excited, but I was also terrified because I just, if you don't know me well, um, and some of you that, that don't know this about me, um, you're probably about to, to uh, lose, lose any respect, any ounce of respect maybe that you had. I don't really do well with children. I don't. 
I don't. I just don't. I never babysat growing up. I was always the youngest in every room. I was the youngest on both sides of my family. I was the youngest of two youngest. Uh, my mom and my dad were both the babies of their family. So I I just thought, oh, no, I don't know how to be a mom. I knew that I, I thought I wanted to be one, but I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't a I, I didn't think it was going to be a natural, innate characteristic. And, um, but then after Faith was born, it was like my perspective on love completely changed. And I realized that God, obviously, I mean, in his word it says he is love. And so if you have a relationship with God who is love, then you have the capacity, all the capacity that you will ever need coming from him, going through you to love whoever you were called to love that, and that is being a mom. Chris and I made these notes together because we're such a team. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, where, where am I? I'm sorry. I'm not the pastor, y'all. You're just going to have to bear with me. This, this is his, his thing. Um, oh, oh, okay. That's what I was going to say. Um, so as I was thinking and praying about this um, this week, where the the verse where you know he, Paul he's he's encouraging the church, and um, I I was thinking that as moms, our goals shouldn't be now hear this because at first it's going to sound sound kind of wonky, but our goal as moms, I don't think should be to produce children we're proud of. Okay. I don't think that that's what God is, is calling us to as moms. I think that what God is calling us to is to teach our children how to love like Christ. Will pride, being proud of them, be a byproduct? You bet. And there is nothing wrong with that. But if our goal is to just produce humans that we're proud of, that falls short of what God is calling us to. And it kind of makes, and then it is so easy to get into our culture of like, well, what, so what does a successful human look like? Do you see what, you know, how that can kind of get skewed a little bit? But if our goal is to, to nurture and to teach our children, this is how Christ loves. This is how God, uh, sh- you know, shows his love and, and exists you know, exemplify that and, and also teach that, then obviously you're, you're going to be proud of your, your children. But love is the goal. All right. I got another question for you, Laura. Uh, what have you learned about God's love being a, being a mom? As you've been a mom, what's, what's God sh- God's shown you about his love? Um, I, I think I, I distinctly remember Faith being a, a newborn and for the first time um, thinking, wow, I think I could physically harm someone if they were to threaten her. Like, I think, <laughs> I think I've got that in me. If I could. It's this sacrificial love that you, you really, and this is not just as a mom. I know this is as a dad. As, you know, this is love, that, um, the, the type of love where you would do anything. You'd, w- your own um, well-being is secondary, whatever, it, I, or maybe it'll never come up. But if... Um, if you love someone the way, I mean, if you think about it, the way that Jesus recklessly abandoned his own well-being 
his, his own pride as God. I mean, he's God. He's coming down to earth. You know, that's, that's just crazy. I was talking to the preteeners this week about, about that kind of love and with no regard for oneself. And I said, you know, what if you as a sixth grader went into the second grade class and started taking orders from the second graders? But you're still a sixth grader. But you're taking, like, you're, you are among them. And you're not acting like a sixth grader. And they all, without, without hesitation, said, I would never do that. I am older and I'm smarter. And, I, you know, well, I mean, how much more so is it, you know, Jesus? And then he comes and then he sacrifices himself. And that's the, that's the kind of love that I've, I felt like as, as a mom that um, also the not seeking anything in return. You know, even as our romantic relationships are, I mean, I, I love my husband. I do. I do love you. I love you. But, you know, there is also, it's reciprocal. Marriage is reciprocal. It's give a little, get a little. You do. Back and forth and back and forth. But then, but if you're loving someone, like a baby, who they are helpless. They can't do anything. They're not going to go do the dishes for you. They're not going to take the trash out. They're, they can't. And to offer that, that type of love, when I think about that as that is literally how we are to Jesus, what, what could we do? We're not doing him a favor by existing. We're not, <laughs> there is nothing I can do that would make God be like, well, I didn't think of that. He's not, that's God because he's God. So there is nothing I can offer. Just like a baby, there is nothing physically. I mean, they're cute. They're, I mean, thank goodness, they're so cute. But there is nothing they can offer. You know, they're not going to go get a job. <laughs> not yet. But so it's just, it's that kind of love. Giving and giving and giving. Not, and, and not only not, you know, being okay with not receiving anything in return, but not expecting it. I mean, you might think you're not expecting it. Like in your marriage, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I really don't expect anything in return. But then when you don't get anything in return, you're like, now just hold on. I did that so you know as you're talking we didn't talk about this but uh you you know it, it reminds me when you give uh you you give a lot and then you don't get a lot and i guess i got this from my dad he's here today so i pick on him at one point my dad you know when we did christmas gifts one of the christmas gifts i remember getting my mom was a waffle iron right a waffle iron and i remember thinking that that was a great gift to give my wife and i remember when i we gave you that and then we were like, hey, can you go make waffles on the new waffle iron, right? You remember that? And, and how <laughs> Also a vacuum and a carpet shampooer, and the list goes on. <laughs> the list goes on. And, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe guys, we think about that more. So that's like a side, a side note about what you, what you give, because uh, your, your love, uh, a mom's love for their family is often without receiving a whole lot back in that. That's, that's a good. Uh, so did Jesus, my last question, you were, we were talking about Jesus. Uh, how did he experience a mother's love when he was a Oh, so I, I thought this was so interesting this week as I, I, I was um, thinking about this, that, um, I mean, do y'all realize that even God himself, Jesus himself has experienced the love of an earthly mother? I mean, that's powerful. That is powerful, y'all, that he knows 
he he had his own earthly mother. And even though he was without sin, we might think, well, then being the mom, I mean, I used to think that, well, then being his mom must have been a breeze. But not really, because even Jesus himself has, has experienced the mom look. Do you know what I mean? That look where you're like, where you just, you don't have to say anything. You just look. And it's up to the child to take that as a warning or not. It's, it's up to them. But the, what I'm thinking of is whenever Jesus, um, he stayed behind in the temple for three days. Was that a sin? No, it was not a sin. But his mom was not, didn't really, they were not on the same page. <laughs> so when she finally found him three days later, she didn't say, oh, I'm so glad I found you. Look, oh, I just love Mary's response. She says, what have you done to us? That's what she says. What do you think you have done to your father and I? (laughs) So, and I get that. I get that. Sometimes whenever, whenever my kids, you know, do something, I'm, I'm taking it personally. I'm like, what were you thinking? How would this, were you thinking how this would affect me? You know, that, but so even Jesus himself, and I don't know, maybe Mary sinned in that. <laughs> I don't know. But even, even God himself knew um, the kind of love, the kind of unconditional love of a mom. And that is so cool. That is so cool to me that we serve a God that thought that it was pertinent to experience the love of an earthly mother. Of course, he would know what that was like. He's God, but he... He physically, he was physically held as a child, as a baby. He was, he was helpless physically as a child. He was, I mean, he, if he would have been left alone as a child, he would not have been nurtured. So being a mom, the calling of a mom, it has been important for a long time. God's love is... uh is awesome and, and so as as good of an example as our moms and and as Laura shared about being a mom I'm so thankful for for what she she has shared this morning but as as good of an example as our moms love and 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 I know we come from all different you know you you might you might not have a mom who who showed you godly love but but as I'll tell you in God's church I see godly women in here and I see God the way they love their kids and then they'll just take any kids and love them I mean they're they're there we have that kind of atmosphere in this in this group of believers but even as great as those examples of love is here's what we need to focus on as, as, as we continue God's love is even greater than that God's love for us is even greater than any mom's love for their their own child and that's powerful you know my 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 wife was sharing about how she would do anything for our kids and sacrifice anything or anybody else for for the sake of her children God's love is so much more powerful even than that in John chapter 3 familiar passage right John three sixteen. want to kind of read a little bit more of, of John chapter 3 and John, or, uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here, and he says that, that verse that we know, for, for God so loved the world 
uh, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's how much God has loved us. He goes on to say this. Jesus says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Jesus in, in, in God on earth is this illustration of God the Father sending his one and only Son for us, people that have sinned and done wrong against God Almighty. Now, as we talk about a, a mother's instinct and a, and a mother's love for their child, and we see God the Father having a love for His Son, but having a love for you and me, where He would send His one and only Son to come and to die on our behalf. That's an amazing love, isn't it? That God so loved the world that He gave, and, and as we think about moms, you think about you would not give your child for nobody, right? You wouldn't do this for anybody. You wouldn't, you, no, no mom would do that. But God so loved the world even more than a mom or a dad can love their only child that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish. What that means is would not spend eternity in hell, eternity separated from God, eternity alone. Eternity is a long time. We would not perish. We would not spend the rest of eternity separated from God. But all who believe in him would have life, abundant life. Isn't that an amazing story of love? This morning, if you read down from that great verse, John 3, 16, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Isn't that a good truth this morning? You know, what if Jesus would have come just to condemn us and tell us how bad we were? We were already bad. Humanity's already messed up. You don't have to look very far to see that. Paul says it like this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone, everyone, you, me, everyone has fallen short of perfection. Everyone has fallen short of God's perfect holiness. None of us. Not a single one of us deserve to spend eternity with God in heaven. We can't get there. We're, we're, we're in error. We have messed up. We have fallen short of God's glory. And Jesus, when he came, when God sent his one and only son, it wasn't, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The message of Jesus Far greater, and, and we got good moms in here. We've got good grandmothers in here. We, we, we honor those moms and those grandmothers. But far greater than any mother's love for their child is God's love for you and for me this morning. And as we look at love, man, the, the word love is tossed around on the radio and in, in movies. And in, it means a lot of different things. This morning, let's look at God's love for you and for me. It wasn't, it wasn't selfish, it was sacrificial. It wasn't about uh, Jesus coming to condemn, we would be rightly condemned. Had Jesus come to condemn and say, 
you guys are messed up people, he would be 100% right because outside of Jesus, we are messed up people. We keep reading on in, in what the message of the gospel is. He says, for, for he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you put your trust in Jesus, that means you come face to face with the reality, I need a Savior. If you come face to face with the reality that you have fallen short of God's perfection, you're a sinner, and you put your faith and you believe in Jesus, you, the, what it says here, you don't have to be condemned anymore. If you read on here, it says you are not condemned if you believe in Him, but anyone who does not believe Anyone who does not believe is already condemned. If you do not put your faith in Jesus, what Jesus says is that you're already condemned. Condemned means that you're going to absorb God's wrath for your sinfulness, for all the mistakes. And, and we go around and we say, well, I'm not that bad of a person. Guess what? We're all bad people. We all have a sinful nature. There's all something, go there, all of us have something going on in our heart that separates us from holy God and outside of Jesus if there's never been a time where you've responded to God's love then the, the Jesus says you're already condemned but you know what Jesus didn't come so that you could stay condemned amen he came that you can have life and have it to the full and have a new life in him and so this morning I ask you that question have you responded to God's love for you I bet, I bet a lot of moms in here, and I've heard stories even from my own mom and, and uh, even in, from my mother-in-law about how they have tried so hard to love their kids, and their kids just didn't receive whatever that love was, right? They didn't get it in the moment. They tried. They put it all together. Um, I think for Karen, she, she tells me about the story of uh, Karen giving Chris, uh, Laura's brother, a tent for Christmas one year, right? The tent. And, and I think his words were so accurate of, of, of boys sometimes. He says, thank you, I never wanted that, right? Thank you, I never, I never wanted that. That was the present I never wanted. You know, you know here's, the, here's the truth. When, when Jesus came and he went to the cross on your behalf and my behalf, our response is important. And we need to say yes to Jesus so that we're not condemned with our sinfulness one day, you and I will stand before God Almighty, and, he, and we, will hold, we will be held accountable for the life we live. Part of that life is our mistakes. And the Bible is very clear that the wages of sin is death, eternal, eternal punishment, separation from God in hell. That's a serious thing. But the gift of God, the gift of Christ Jesus, is salvation. This morning, if you've never made a decision to turn to the love of God through Jesus Christ, this morning, as we close, I would, I would invite you to do this in your heart, to do this before the Lord, to simply say, God, I know that I've messed up. I know that I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. And I invite you to come and to forgive me and to live in my heart and to make me a new person. And the Bible says that that's our turning our faith to Jesus. See, this morning, the, 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 the turning point is what you put your faith in. Because I talk to people often, and they put their faith in religion. Jesus didn't come for religion. He didn't come for buildings. He didn't come for organizations and, 
and all the things. He came for a relationship with people. He came that we can have a restored relationship and walk with God. Jesus didn't come so that you can do it on your own. He came so that we can do it through him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word about love. This morning, I pray for somebody in here, and they, they're, they're wrestling with this, and they're saying, you know, I don't know that there's been a time where, where I've gone from being condemned to not condemned, and this morning, in their heart, Lord, maybe this is their prayer, that they would just we would say, God, I know that I've, I've sinned against you, and today I want to put my faith in Jesus for the first time. I want you to save me from my past mistakes. And I trust you. I put my faith in you for the first time today. Lord, if there's somebody in here today who's, who's prayed that simple prayer, who's responded to you in that simple way for the first time, I pray that they would have the courage to tell me or to tell a friend about that today. That they would text us, that they would find me here at the front during our closing song or our closing time here after the service. They would make it a point to tell somebody today Today, I've, I've, I'm not condemned anymore. Lord, I thank you for your love for us. Lord, we need help loving the people around us because we can't get there sometimes. We struggle with truly loving like you have loved. Lord, I pray for the moms in here, the moms-to-be, the aunts, the grandmothers, the Sunday school teachers that are in this place, Lord, as they love these kids and they love their kids and their neighbor kids and their nephews and nieces, Lord, I pray that you would fill them up with such a love that as those kids look, they see the love of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the dads and the men in this room that you would help us to see love from a mom's perspective. First, for loving our wives and our kids in a way that they need it, but also for fully understanding your amazing love for us. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing this song with us today?